The podcast this week is brought to you by Brilliant Marketing Communications. Introducing Brilliant Sound Sessions, a free discussion series casually facilitated by the folks at Brilliant Marketing Communication. Locals can share ideas and get advice on marketing from each other and professionals. Brilliant Sound Sessions will take place the second Tuesday of every month at the Brilliant Marketing Communication Office in Sturgeon Bay. Kick Coffee Roasters are kicking in the coffee, and space is limited, so please RSVP. Details at BrilliantMKTG.com or on Facebook. Listen, exchange, grow together, drink free coffee. Hello and welcome to One on One, a Door County Pulse interview series. I'm Andrew Clyden and I'm joined today by Celeste Benchwal. And our guest today is Ben Harold, a musician from Milwaukee. How are you doing, Ben? Doing great. Tell me, tell me a little bit about yourself. I did some preliminary research, but give me your story and your background. I tried to delete everything about me online, so yeah. hopefully you didn't find out. I'm actually uh, from Milwaukee originally, but when I was about nine, my mom moved us up here to Door County. So I, I have sort of an upbringing up here and it's a very familiar place to me. So it's, it's a fondness in my heart here. But been been playing music out of Milwaukee for the last few years. We just love this place, and I, I always want to come up here. Have any excuse to get up here and be with the folks that I, I grew up with. You've actually got a couple concerts coming up this weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. Yeah, on Friday we'll be in Sturgeon Bay at Cherry Lanes, and on Saturday we're going to go up to Egg Harbor Mojo Roses. Is yep. it Mojos? See, I always want to say Moho. I know. It's mojo. Right? They will correct you in <laughs> Mojo. There. Yes, I've, I've actually heard that. So yeah, back to back, Friday the 13th, Saturday the 14th, and uh, it's going to be good. We've got some information online. The Friday show is at 8, the Saturday show is at 6. So you, you spent a lot of time in Door County. Are these your first performances up here, or have you been performing here for a while? Well, yeah, I've been performing here for a while, but this is the first time that it's this iteration of my music. You know, having grown up here, I played a lot of my singer-songwriter stuff as I was just learning how to play and, and getting out in the community and trying some things. So this is really the first time where this is my full-time profession. This is what I do. And it's this sort of rediscovering of what my music actually is. So for me, I think of it as a fresh start, something new, something cool. So when you were learning music growing up, were you taking lessons or were you teaching yourself? Tell us about like your musical sure. upbringing. Yeah, well, I was always pretty musical. We always had instruments around the house and I just kind of dink around on a piano or whatever. But my mom was a uh, sort of a natural guitarist and she had gotten away from it as she was uh, just growing, going through life, raising four kids. And um, I remember when I was probably about 13 or 14, she had borrowed a guitar from a friend. And at this point we're living up on Washington Island and so there's not a whole lot to do. And <laughs> she had this guitar just kind of propped up against the wall and I remember picking it up and there was just this feeling of like, I, I, this, this is me, this fits. And it, it was maybe a couple of years later, I got my first guitar, having worked on the ferry line, save up my money all summer long and bought this first guitar. And she taught me four chords or so. And uh, like Otis Redding sitting on the dock of the bay. And then just kind of went with that and, and figured it out on my own. And, and it just became a thing. It was my extension of me. So were you always songwriting then, or did that kind of Pretty much. Yeah, from the moment I could play the guitar, uh, I started filling books. And, you know, you go through a process of what that sounds like. 
you get influenced by people. So, you, you know, you're young, you, you think you sound like something and, and it's always discovering who are you in this moment as a musician, as an artist, uh, what are your songs about? You know, who are you? Because mm-hmm. it is an extension of you. It's, so it's like, okay, here's a whole new body part of me that I didn't even know existed. Now, how does it work? <laughs> what does it look like? What does it sound like? It was, it was writing from day one and it really hasn't stopped. I feel like that perspective, too, of creating art when you're young, especially because you are changing every day and right. you're becoming a different person, like yeah. every couple of years, to try to track your art, too, and be like, w- were there moments when you were young where you're like, this is totally who I am? And then, like, <laughs> a couple months later, we're like, that stuff sucked. I'm that totally was, different now. That was me, like, four weeks ago, too. No, I, it happens all the time. You get to these moments where you, I think when you're young, you don't recognize that those moments where you're like, no, this is not me, are just the moments where you're going, I need to step away. I need to be the other parts of me too. And as you get older, you go, okay, I really look forward to that time because I can set the guitars down and I can, I can, I can just be with my family or I could just, you know, whatever it is, get out in nature, read a book, do something that's filling the other parts of you rather than just kind of being in this roller coaster of what, what do I do now? Who am I? Yeah. But that does happen, yeah, for sure. As a musician now, who are you? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, it's funny because I've had to discover that. I went full-time with this back in February. Uh, I've been playing the year before that with this new style and these new songs. And it was interesting because I don't think that ever ends. I think you always ask yourself, who am I and what, what do I sound like? But when you begin that path, at least for me, it was sort of going, okay, you got to let go of all the stuff that you think people are going to be like calling you out on. You sound like this guy. You got to let go of the things. Are they going to like this or not? At some point, you just have to go with your, your own idioms, the things that you feel like this is me the most, and you just try it. And if it flies, it flies. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And it frees you up to write because you don't think about those other things anymore. I was listening to an artist once talk about how they go into the studio and they said, I banish fear from my writing. And I was like, oh, yeah, I want that. And if you can do that, then whether the song is good or, or and it's not even so much good or not good. It's whether the song catches on or speaks to people or not, if it just speaks to you, at least you've served that part well and you weren't fearful going into it. And you're going to learn a lot more about who you are and your songwriting through that process rather than basing it off of what you think other people are going to think of it. Right. And and there's something to be said to making work for your audience. But I think that idea of making the work that you want to hear is something too, or making the work that you want to see. Because like, if you like something and you're doing the best version of it that you can do, there's other people who are going to like it too. Right. You know what I mean? The world is huge and there's an audience for everything. So it's like, just just make the stuff that speaks to you and then the people who like that will flock around. Exactly. That's more rewarding because you're not trying to serve what you think other people will like. You put out what you are just naturally going to put out. And then when you see the response of people that go, oh, I really like this. I want more of this. We want you to play here or whatever it is. It's much more rewarding and makes it worthwhile and makes you feel like, okay, I can really let go of this. So it makes it easier moving forward as you write more and you you start to produce more things. 
Yeah. Now that we've talked about, you know, not putting art into boxes, um, <laughs> yeah. describe your sound. How would you describe the work that you do? Sure. In words, I describe it as folk rock soul. There's a lot of different elements. I think the vocals come through a little more soulfully, and the style is very folk rocky. I've always been an acoustic guitar guy myself, but I also love playing electric guitar. So there's a little bit of that sort of... I grew up listening music-wise. My first album I ever bought was Tom Petty, Wildflowers. And it was just that he, unlike a lot of people, really had that sort of, he was a rock guy, but he really kept that acoustic guitar in there. And it was, there was something about that sound, that quality of sound that he had, that I think it's still in me a little bit. That's what I like. Uh, so musically, it's more along those sides. I've also been very influenced by some uh, Irish folk artists that I just, I love. One time I was listening to one describe why they play these sort of open chords that are just very big and wide. And they said, well, that's the sound that you hear in Ireland. You open the window and the winds are rushing around. And he's like, that's what we do. And that was very appealing to me too. So, you know, you listen to the things that catch your ear and you go, oh, wow, that's me. I like that. And you kind of combine them into this. So it's like taking a bunch of Play-Doh, different colors and sticking into a ball. And, you know, the thing that your parents always say, don't do that. But that's what you do. You do it with music still. And um, so for me, that's how I would describe it with words. Um, but it's always like, how do people hear it? I don't know. You have to listen and kind of describe it yourself. Right. I listened to a couple different videos and songs and different things like that. And, and what I appreciated was you had some stuff like on YouTube that was just like you and a guitar and a microphone. Yeah. But then I saw some of your live stuff where you had a band and strings. And then I listened to one of your pieces that had horns in it. And I was like... <laughs> Is that a decision that you make at some point where it's like, I really want to open up and do uh, a ton of production on these and, and bring in a lot of different sounds? Is that something that was a decision for you? You know, I don't know if it was like a dead decision, like we got to do this, this, this. It was more uh, just feeling it out. I started this whole thing, this whole project of doing this music as just me uh, and my guitar and my harmonica at times. And, and so that was kind of it. It started as that. And... When I got into the studio to put some things down, my producer, who's a good friend of mine, he said, let's just go and put together a few songs. And that was really all it was going to be. And we set up a Friday recording session. I think I had four, five, six songs, something like that. And I had Thursday off the day before, and I sat down, and whatever happened, seven songs came out that day. Wow. So I actually <laughs> went to the studio with, I think it was like 13 songs. And we said, let's get 10. Let's turn this into something. And my producer, he's got this mind for like, what if we really, and he plays trumpet. He's like, we could add some things here. What are you hearing? And it just kind of became one of these things where it was very natural flow. And then with the band, that came a little bit after a couple of the guys had played on the album. But it kind of went into this, like, who, who are my friends that I know that I would love to play with? And if I really want to do this thing, I want a killer band. I want really good artists. And just happened to be these people that I knew, that I love, that I hang out with, that I play at, in various realms anyway. And they all kind of said, yeah, let's, let's do this. It's more of a, I don't know, just naturally what was there. And then these artists are so good that they can take what we've done on an album and they can reproduce it in different ways with their instruments, even if they hadn't played on the album itself. So it's really that process. It's more natural than it is planned out like, hey, we got I mean, when you're in it, you do really plan it out. But the initial step isn't sort of a hard decision to say, we're going to do it exactly like this. 
you listen to the songs and they kind of speak to you what parts need what. And in fact, there's a few songs on that album. We're talking about Solace, that album that came out in April. My producer created parts on that that I didn't even know he did. And he sent me the songs and I'm listening to them. And all of a sudden this wave of horns comes in and I call him up. I'm going, that's perfect. Nice job. So a lot of it was other people and what they feel they want to add to it. Uh, Why don't we take a break? And then when we come back, I want to talk about kind of the progression of your musical career and this tour that you're on right now and uh, your, your concert coming up this weekend. Cool. Sounds great. They called themselves the Stradivarius Builders of Sturgeon Bay because the guys at Palmer Johnson were artists in wood and metalwork, anything you imagine. They did it so beautifully well. The first fishermen came down the lake from Pankin Island, worked their way along the north shore of Lake Michigan, and they came because of the whitefish. The whitefish were abundant. In 1945, 2,000 German prisoners of war came to Door County and picked cherries for just one harvest season. Peninsula Filmworks is dedicated to telling the stories of Door County, past, present, and future. To learn more about the history of shipbuilding in Sturgeon Bay, to see how the cherry became a Door County icon, or to watch the peninsula's last remaining fishermen brave the waters to haul in thousands of pounds of whitefish daily, and the many other incredible stories produced with the Door County Visitor Bureau, visit doorcounty.com slash ourdoorcounty. Okay, we are back. So, Ben, tell me about your progression as an artist. We've kind of talked about the album and the and that kind of stuff, but what's the time frame for this kind of stuff where you, you, you reinvented, I don't want to say reinvented, but you, you kind of changed up your sound and you decided to really tackle this thing in February, you said, right? And now you're jumping on tour and you've got an album and all this kind of stuff. Is that is that fast or is that, you know, exciting? Both. I mean, I would say the band started in February. I've probably been doing this at most since last August or, or a little bit before that. So it really hasn't been that long. You're right. I guess I would say that it is exciting, and it's probably gone a little bit faster than I anticipated. But a lot of it is, I think, you know, if you are confident, it's like anything, if, if you really want to do it, you just got to step out and try it. And I think the universe will tell you real quickly whether or not it's going to work. And also define success, right? I mean, if you can do what you love to do, and you can make a little bit off of that where you can survive and continue to do that, that's success. There's not a dream of saying, I got to be at this level. But I think there are goals that you set apart that you feel like you can maintain or or, or achieve. Uh, Getting on certain radio stations and, and getting into certain venues that you really feel like you could play there. Um, You set those goals out and you try for them. And if, if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. It's been a little quicker than I anticipated, which is exciting uh, and also daunting about how do you balance that and keep that going without going insane. (laughs) Um, But it's been good. For me, I've enjoyed the process. It's been kind of a self-discovery of not just, you know, my own music, but also where could that go and how do people perceive that music? That's been very eye-opening for me, encouraging. You know, I love that perspective because I have a theater background. So you've always got like an end goal, like you've got a performance. But it's so exciting and freeing to push the end goal back a little bit and just be like, let's jump into the work. And let's do the work because we love the work and we'll see what the production comes. Oh, yeah. What what production comes out of that. Yeah. So you saying just like, you know, jumping in and doing what you love and just seeing where it goes is is cool. It's a fun part of the process. I, I think 
whenever, like right now, so this album came out in April, Solace did, and, but because we don't want to be a cover band and we want to be able to do two hour, three hour shows without having to do 90% cover songs, it just was like, okay, we need to write more. And so we've been writing, I've been writing, and we have 17 more songs that are just sitting there that we're now beginning to work on as a band, which we will do a few of them at these shows coming up. But I leave those practices going, I love this. This is my favorite part now. And when you get to work on your own new stuff together with the group, that it brings you to life. So yeah, you're right. Get right into the work. And there's something about that that brings you life. Man, I, I think if anybody can find something that brings them life, do it. Do everything you can to make it work. Make life work for you. So for young musicians, like besides the advice that you've already just talked about, like <laughs> being confident in yourself and stuff, but just getting gigs and stuff. Are you like emailing venues and sharing yeah. your music all over the web and stuff? Like, tell us about that process. Yeah, absolutely. You, well, there's, there's a couple parts to it. One is you, you have to have no shame. You got to be your best promoter. You can't just sit there and assume anyone's going to do it for you. I sent out to every single independent radio station I could, I sent out this album. Here's a gift. want to be played on you. And I, there's dozens, there's some stations, KEXP, out west, they they they'll and I think they're in like Seattle area. They have twenty disc jockeys just on that station alone that are all independent. And that's just the twenty that would play my style of music. There's dozens more. There's stations all over the country that are willing, college stations that are willing to take your music and play it. But you got to make the work. You got to put in the effort. And the other thing is, it's kind of cheesy. I've heard it. It was somebody that said it in business, but it's so true that your your net worth is your network. And there are people you know when you get into the music side of things. If, if people appreciate what you do or in the art side of things, if they appreciate what you do, they're connected already to places that you may want to get into. And I've never had another artist say to me, forget you, go away. They've always said anything you need, absolutely. And, and I'll email people, say, do you have a contact for so-and-so? You don't have to give it to me if you're not comfortable, and I won't mention your name. And it's never been that answer of no. It's always been anything I can do, and you should come to the gig. I'll introduce you to them. And it's sort of those things. And I had a friend of mine down in Milwaukee who would say, poach gigs, show up at the venue, and just and invite yourself to the, the venue host. And, and so you got to have no shame, but you also got to realize that there's a sort of a brotherhood. Uh, it's a family. I've got friends of mine who are so willing to step in and stand up for me. And I would do the exact same thing for them. I share names too, wherever I go so that they can get a chance. Cause like you said earlier, this world's big enough. There's room for all of us at this table. You know, one style isn't going to cover it all anyway. So yeah, that's, that would be my advice is have no shame and then ask your friends, ask your network for help because we all want to help each other. Well, and it's fun to collaborate too. Like it, oh, it's, yeah. it's the work is always more enjoyable when you're like sharing it and doing it oh, with yeah. other people because like you can sit and do your own stuff day after day for only so long before <laughs> you're like, man, I'm tired of me. I gotta like get somebody else in here to inspire right. me. Well, and I'm a fan of of these people. You talk about who inspires me. A lot of them are people that no one's ever heard of or have only heard of a little bit because they're friends of mine and I love their music. A good friend of mine, Zach Petrini, who's played up at Door County Brewing, and he'll be doing it in October, I believe. 
he and I have just been good friends for a little over like six months or something like that. And we recently did a show together a couple of weeks ago at this hotel in Milwaukee. And it was more fun to just play together, the two of us. So he would do an hour, I'd do an hour and kind of flip it for two hours each, four hours total. And it was more fun that way because you're right, the collaboration part, you can promote each other, you can play off of each other. He does something, you go, I'm going to try to do something too with that. <laughs> and it's just more fun. It, it is. It's life. It's doing things together. Makes, totally. it, makes it more enjoyable. So the, this band that you have, is this just a group of your friends that you've met in Milwaukee, yeah. other musician friends? Like, tell us about... Yeah, I will. They're, they're amazing. They're, all of us have either played together in some capacity or a couple of them have played together in some capacity, but this is the first time this group is together as one. Um, my drummer, Joe Howard, is, I think, the best drummer in, in the state. I, I might be partial, but mm-hmm. once you hear him, you go, okay, yeah, I get it. He and I have known each other the longest, I think, out of that group. And he and I have played together the longest out of the group. We're both also in a, um, a 90s cover band in Milwaukee called Throwback Stereo. And he runs that one. And it's, it's sort of a, uh, when you get together with people like that, that are so good, that are so caring for each other and so giving, there's sort of a natural flow that comes out of it. Playing together is easy. Because there's no big egos in the group, we can all go, wait, hold on, stop. I heard something here. Do this. And uh, Kenny Zobler, our guitarist, our electric guitarist, he's just one of these kid geniuses on guitar, and he'll come back and go, hey, I practiced a couple songs. And he really has practiced all 17. That's what he means by a couple. Mm-hmm. And he's got defined parts for them now. And, <laughs> no. and But there's no big egos because he'll still come in and go, all this work I put into it, what do you think? Should we change this? Should we try this differently? And all the guys are like that. It's it's so much fun to do work together with them. And they make me sound better, but they do it so selflessly. That's their goal. And it's fun to work with people like that. So you have a couple concerts coming up here in Door County. Yeah. Uh, and then obviously you spent a lot of time up here. What do you think of the music scene in Door County? I'm blown away. I, like I said, I grew up here sort of, but being on Washington Island, you're a little removed. But we spent a little time driving through or being in Sturgeon Bay when I was a kid. And it's so different now. It blew me away when we came back up here to see what it's like here now. The music scene is incredible. The new uh, Performing Arts Center, I mean, say new, it's been around a couple of years, a few years. But to see, like, Mavis Staples was there. Jake Shimabukuru was there. The people that are being pulled in to play here. And then just the local artists. Uh, I've gotten to meet like Pat McDonald and, and Tony Menzer down in Sturgeon Bay and these guys and what they're involved in. And it's incredible. I wouldn't have guessed. I grew up, you know, with the Hagans, the Hagan family, Julian Hagan and Jack was his dad. And I think they still do a thing every once in a while at Third Avenue Playhouse. But that was kind of my only introduction to Door County music and to see uh, beyond that what it's become down here. I'm blown away. It's, there's a lot of similarities to here, and I think some of these other c- cities like Chicago or Minneapolis that have thriving music scenes is a sort of a microcosm of, of that, what I've seen anyway. I'm, I'm impressed. So I have to ask, growing up on Washington Island, what was that experience like? Because we talked to Jen Hayward a couple weeks ago, another musician, yeah. grew up on Washington Island. Yeah. And 
I wonder if there's just like a bed of cool musicians that are like just growing up there. There's a lot of boredom is what it is. <laughs> no, they all just play instruments. Well, you know, I shouldn't say it just that way. It, there, it, it does help because <laughs> there's not a lot else to do. But I think what it is is you're so open to nature. You're so open to just the sounds around you. There's silence that I think as an artist, as a musician at least, as you, you start to find room really easily to to play and to write and to to just think there's sort of the freedom there it's i've i've never had an issue writing music up, up there even to this day if i bring my guitar and i go visit my wife has family up there still so if we go and stay up there i always bring my guitar just in case and music always seems to come out well i feel like it, it's a great way to grow a small audience too because you could sit on your porch and play your guitar and then all of a sudden people from all over the island yeah. are like hey i heard something <laughs> that did happen a few yeah. times <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty funny. But, you know, there's people up there that are really doing a great job of promoting local and live music. Kate Kniff at Fiddler's Green. Mm-hmm. Um, she's, she's just the sweetest. And and sh- what she's been doing with the music thing up there, I, I love it. And the T-Pack, I know they had been doing a few things. Um, Birds of Chicago come up there every once in a while. And mm-hmm. So there's there's sort of this appreciation throughout the whole county for music and arts. And there's a lot of things I really appreciate about this place, but that is definitely one of the major things I really love about Door County is the arts and music scene. How would you say the Milwaukee scene differs? Yeah, Milwaukee is great too because I, I think I think there's obviously there's more opportunity as far as venues go. I would say that it's actually starting to try to become a little more like this. It's hard to define Milwaukee. Milwaukee loves music, live music. But for many years, it seemed like they really liked the cover stuff mostly. And it was pretty easy to get gigs as a cover band. But as far as original music goes, it was a little harder to... I mean, you could find venues, but they weren't necessarily good-paying venues or paying venues at all. Sort of cover at the door if you want, and maybe 10, 15 people would come in. We have some friends of ours in, in, in a uh, sort of a rock band, a hard rock band, that... They've opened for like Rise Against with mm-hmm. thousands of people in, in Canada or in California. And they'll come play a show here in Milwaukee and there's like 20 people there. You know, so, but there's times where you find new venues that are starting to open now where they'll fill the places up. And also the fests there are amazing. Everyone knows Summerfest. Uh, everyone knows about State Fair. But there's also other places like Bastille Days downtown. There's, gosh, I'm, I can't even think of all of them. Uh, Chill on the Hill and Bayview, Bayshore, one of those two. Those places fill up and people love live original music. So there's sort of a growing appreciation for the original scene in Milwaukee. I think it's getting there. I'm really encouraged to see it because as an artist, you always want to do more with the original stuff than you do on the cover side of things. Because covers really are just for me. (laughs) I want to play the songs that I want to play, you know. Yeah. That's rather, like a lot how the Sheboygan music scene is. It's is it? like mostly cover bands. Yeah. Like every now and then you'll hear an original artist come through. Sure. Not that I've spent much time there anymore, but I mean, that's just kind of how the scene was when I, I was growing up. I think the breweries are starting to change some of this stuff. Yes, like Three totally. Sheeps is, mm-hmm. and, and Paradigm in Paradigm's Sheboygan. Awesome. So there's places that are starting to grow where you're like, yeah, okay, I can, uh, I can dig this. I want to be part of this. And it's funny because going back to that question about advice, it can go a long way to say genuinely to a venue, I love what you're doing here. I want to be a part of it. That can go a long way. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and so finding places like that, those little gems in the cities, where you go, yeah, I want to be part of what you do. And I'm not going to stop bugging you until you give me a defined answer. <laughs> that goes a long way. That's so you're playing, you're playing this weekend at Cherry Lanes and Mojo's. Yeah. Those, those are pretty intimate spaces. Do you like performing in, in more intimate spaces? Because I know that there's, there's really great things about performing to huge mm-hmm. like theaters. Yeah. But then there's also different opportunities that you have when you're performing to like 30 people. Yeah. Uh, what, do you, what do you think about the difference between the two? Well, I'll tell you what. This summer was the biggest example of, of my taste of how that works because our our '90s band we did play Summerfest and the Miller Lite stage, and it was you know, one of the bigger stages. Even if there's not a ton of people in the crowd, that you're still watching thousands of people walk by and listen, and they're up in the food areas listening. And my next show after that was an original show at this small bed and breakfast in Cedarburg which is one of my favorite venues to stagecoach in, I think you can only fit up to 50 people in that room. And it's usually 20, 30 people. And what's cool about it is this this table here, which is only about a foot and a half away from me, is essentially where the first table starts in that venue. And you're talking to people in between songs and having conversations and asking them questions. I love that. I think for me, I like them both. There's upsides of both. The big ones are fun, but the, the little intimate ones, oh, it's so much fun to, to talk with people and, and hear their response more, uh, I think, beyond just a woo and a clap or something. You get to hear them say like, oh, hey, this spoke to me. And you can say, how? Tell me. And then you can actually talk a little bit about it. I enjoy that. I like to talk and I like to listen to people. That's really cool. I'm also a musician and I've always struggled with like talking to the crowd. I don't know what it is. I'd rather just sing the whole (laughs) time and not say a word, but I mean, that's really cool. I want to get better at doing that sort of stuff. Uh, It just takes time, doesn't it? Yeah. (laughs) When I first started, I I felt like everything I said was so stupid. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. why am I talking? (laughs) What was great was when I was in the nineties band, the cover thing, we've been doing that for like four and a half years. And my drummer, Joe, who's in both bands, it was so great. And the guys, the other guys in the band, in the 90s band, would just like razz me for any dumb thing I ever said. So I learned quickly what not to say. And they would even tell me, don't say that. Don't say that out loud. <laughs> so I kind of cut my teeth getting mocked viciously by my bandmates, mm-hmm. which is very helpful. Well, I feel like when you're like a cover band, you already have that segue right away sure. with the audience. You, where you can finish the song and be like, so yeah, the Counting Crows, you guys like those? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Counting Crows are great, huh? <laughs> Uh, whereas when it's your music, when you get done, you're like, yeah, so that's a song I write. Did, did you like it? Yeah, that's, it, you could do the awkward, like, Chris Farley thing, right? You know, like, remember the time when, uh, no, I'll write stories, right? And I know every story speaks differently to, to different people. So people say, well, what's that song about? And I'll have to ask, well, what is it about to you? But now with the new stuff I've been writing, I find myself going, you know what? There's a story behind this song. And I, let me tell you a little bit about why I wrote it. And they keep it pretty short, but there's enough there in that small story that I tell right before the song that opens the song up to to people listening. And I think it makes it more impactful because to us uh, as artists, we know what it means. We know how it feels to us, but uh, it translates differently to somebody else. So if it's a specific story, I like I have a new song that uh, came out of my conversations with some homeless people that I, I've gotten to meet in Milwaukee and what they really desire from people and relationships. And that song kind of came out. But if you're listening to it, 
even my bandmates who first heard it kind of said, it seems like it, it felt very like ethereal, like we, there was some metaphor here. And there are. But when I explained it to them, they went, oh, yeah, okay. And so I try to explain some of those songs to people and just tell the story a little bit and put a face to the melody. And, and I think it, it, it can change people. It can make an impact in their lives. So, yeah, but it's all trial and error because I, I, I do say a lot of dumb things sometimes. <laughs> I have to watch myself. So, yeah. You know, one thing that always helped me auditioning for theater because so many people, especially young actors, they second guess themselves. The audition process becomes like, I need them to like me. And if I don't get the part, then they didn't like me and there's something yeah. wrong with me. Yeah, you got to separate that. Right. So I always go in and I'm like, well, I'm just going to show them what I can do. And if they're looking for me, yeah. then I'll find them. Yeah. But also like when you're performing, everybody came to see you. Like nobody yeah. came to be like, you know, well, let's see if this guy fails. They're, yeah. They, yeah, they yeah. come to see you because they want to see a show and they want to, you know, enjoy music and stuff. Unless it's something really crazy goes wrong, nobody's going to stand up and be like, this sucks. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> And people, if they do, it wasn't for them. Yeah. And that's fine. Yeah, right. Because it's just one person. Unless your whole audience is like, this is terrible <laughs> and they leave, uh, I would probably have to move to another state if that happened to me. But uh, yeah, Has it ever happened to anybody in the history of the world? I don't know. I, yeah, exactly. So it's like, you know, show people what you can do and, and just keep in the back of your mind that they came here to see you and they came here to support you. Yeah. And just take it from there. What do you think, Celeste? I was I was listening to him from the acting standpoint. In your experience now, mm -hmm. um, when you play, are you do you feel similar? Do you feel like that? Yeah, I mean, I always feel welcomed at most places I'm at. Yeah. I haven't gigged around too much lately, but even just here in Door County, we were at an open mic the other night. Yeah, and it was just a bunch of us, like kind of younger adults, sharing like music or poetry or whatever, and everyone was just so like excited to be there and excited to listen to yeah. what you had to say and what you had to share. And so I feel like that's like pretty common about most venues here and just like yeah. the other ones that I played at. Yeah. I, so. I kind of, that's, that's my sense too. Even in Milwaukee, which yeah. open mic was that? Um, my friend Lucy, she owns an art shop up here. Oh, nice. uh, the light box. She has a Plug it. open mics every Plug now and it, then. Plug it, Lucy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was cool. I had some other gigs this summer. Just one in Plymouth. I played at a little festival yeah. for a couple hours. Just, doing mostly some cover stuff and originals, but, you know, people would stop and sit and listen, sit down, yeah. you know, say a couple of nice things afterwards. People have been pretty supportive. I've never met the person who's like, well, this sucks. Oh, I'm yeah. out. And then that's boom. never happened to me ever. No, no, yeah. Me neither. Yeah. I feel so. like, especially when you're at a smaller venue, the impetus to be like outspoken, mm -hmm. it both is, is higher and lower because a lot of times you'll hear people like talk to the performer from their seat, which yeah. doesn't happen when you've got, a thousand people in front of you. As oh, much. it can. It can. Well, <laughs> sure. They're just a little louder. Yeah. There's this sense of camaraderie in the room where it's like, we're all here together. We're all enjoying this together. Yeah. And it, it just creates that ambiance. I think so too. I, especially those intimate rooms, you're right. And there is, there's sort of this, I like the interplay with the audience. I like people shouting things to me, even when it's Freebird, you know, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's you so get common it. every time. <laughs> I have my responses for that now. I've got three or four that I, I know I can use <laughs> at any point. Sometimes I pre try to preemptively tell them that that last song was called Freebird, so we don't have to talk about this. But, I feel like when somebody shouts Freebird, you always answer with Wonderwall. I'd love to do that, but we always open every 90s gig with Wonderwall. That's oh, the perfect. first song we get it right out of the bag. That's so funny. It's the Freebird of the 90s because they're there to be entertained. That's ultimately what, what our job is. We're entertainers. 
I think too, when, you know, like you talked about when you're writing songs, when you're young, everything is so emotional and yeah. very emo, you know? <laughs> and, uh, I remember this was the moment I decided I was going to do this for a living. My drummer and I had just finished a, a set where our band had for the nineties band. And I was sitting with him. We were just drinking a beer and talking. And I said, you know, man, I'm not sure if what I'm doing really matters. You know, I just wasn't feeling joyful. And I'm like, what's the purpose in some of this? And he's one of these guys that's just very stoic. He goes, you know, I'm sitting here behind the drums and I'm looking up and I'm seeing people sing. I'm seeing people dance. I'm seeing people's eyes light up when they hear us start the song that's so familiar to them. And he goes, I'm bringing people joy. That's good enough. So the, it comes to this point when you're writing your own music, you go, I just want to entertain people too. And I want to write songs that mean something. But I also just want to play songs that are fun to listen to, fun to play. And there's nothing wrong with that, you know. You'll have those songs. And uh, so it changes who you are, that dynamic. And it brings joy into what you do. So I cool. forgot what the question was, but I'm no, going to answer that, that way. That, that, was, that was the best answer we could have gotten. Yeah, that was um, awesome. <laughs> As we kind of wrap up here, Ben, remind us again what the dates and times for these shows are coming yeah, up this weekend. for sure. So uh, Cherry Lanes is Friday the 13th. I hear there's like a big harvest moon that night, too. Ooh, Full spooky. moon. Right? We're going all in on this. Have We're you ever played down. at an arcade bar before? Uh, yes, but not one as cool as this place. Yeah. I, I will say it that way. With all the machines on, just doing their like oh, their man. demo stuff? They got you the ever... Jurassic Park ones, yeah. too. Oh, Do you gosh. incorporate any video game songs into your act just for the occasion? <laughs> <laughs> you should. No, I don't. Although, it, it was funny you say that because, uh, and now I'm tangenting again, but early on in our 90s band's day, our original electric guitarist who moved to L.A. actually mastered my album. He would throw in Star Wars tunes. He would throw in Sonic the Hedgehog tunes from the games, and he'd throw in Mario. He was just one of those guys who's perfect. So anyway, I will mm-hmm. untangent and go back to it. Yes, we have a show on Friday the 13th at Cherry Lanes in Sturgeon Bay. That starts at 8. Then we also have a show the next day, Saturday the 14th, at Mojo's in Egg Harbor, and that starts at 6. And both shows are going to be three hours. Awesome. So Great. get out there, enjoy them. It's going to be a good time. Cool. Uh, where can people hear your music and find out more about you? Absolutely. If they go to benheraldmusic.com, then they can get to all of the socials. They can get to our YouTube. They can get all of our information for tour dates uh, and then also any videos or anything like that we have posted right on the website. Easiest way to do it. Follow us on Facebook, on uh, Instagram, and you'll see a lot of the shows posted there too. So there's tons of ways to get a hold of us and check us out and see how we're doing and then of course, there's links for downloading the music on the website. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much, Ben, for coming in and chatting with us. Appreciate and, it. Uh, look, forward to, Thank you. look forward to your concert this weekend and your, your continued uh, progression. Thanks. For more Door County news, interviews, and exclusive content, check us out at doorcountypulse.com or pick up this week's issue of the Peninsula Pulse available every Friday. Don't forget to subscribe to the Door County Pulse podcast to get new episodes delivered straight to your device twice a week. Thank you for listening to the Door County Pulse Podcast.